forever. Dog. Assuming we all die soon. Wait, um, wait, is that how, is that how you started wait. the first podcast in 2021? <laughs> I was just saying it's a possibility. And if we did, what do you think the afterlife Nigga, would be what? like? Is that... <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Well, well, I mean, come on, guys. We got a lot of things that, that could kill us. <laughs> it's sad because I feel differently about it now than I used to. But I now think uh, nothingness, like just completely. Oh, so you, you, you don't even think I you see. would be oh, wow. a reminiscence of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I just I feel like it just from it, I'll, I'll I'll all stop. Like in terms of consciousness and stuff, like stop. I think it'd be like little towns, like little towns that you love. Like I feel like I, I like in heaven, <laughs> you'll go to your town, and it's like where your family is at, and then you kind of can pick your main town you want to live in. And I feel like my town, I want to be in Freaknik. I don't be in like, like give me Freaknik from the '90s. That's my main town, and then I can venture off because I don't want my, I don't want my parents to come to Freaknik town. I go visit them in Family Town. I think it is. I think you get to pick it. I think you get to pick. Like, my base will be Freaknik Town, and I get to go visit my family in Family Town. Yeah, but you're saying you don't want your parents to visit. They can go to whatever town they want. No. No, 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 no. My parents stay away from Freaknik Town. Don't you come to Freaknik Town. But then... I, I come. No, no. This logic is flawed. <laughs> we can meet in... We can, heaven has, like, different paths. We can meet where they want to meet, where I can just come visit them in Family Town. But I'm they not coming to Freaknik Town. What if they want to go to your Freaknik Town to be with their baby? No, don't... No, 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 no. We're not, we're not Freaknikin' Town in, in the same Freaknik Town, okay? I'm cool <laughs> if they have their own 70s version of Freaknik Town. You do that. You have your have your Marvin Gaye. Have your Funkadelics. All right. It just feels like it just feels like you're choosing the afterlife for other people, which that's not. Yeah. No, they can have this, James. I want Luke. Okay, in my Uncle Luke <laughs> town, my parents do not need to come visit me in that town. All right. Let me finish my heaven. <laughs> and then once I go past Family Town. <laughs> What's in wait? What's in your freak Nick town? My Their freak Nick town of seventies is yours. So my freak Nick town is gonna be a little mixed. First off, I hate the job making me describe this in detail. But you offered this up. You asked the question. I was answering the question. I didn't know you were gonna my talk about freak, freak Nick town. It's my version. My freak Nick town is a mixture of two things. It's a mixture of Luke, a little bit of Luke, because that's what started it. But then it's going to be like um, a lot of Little John, mm-hmm. Yin Yang Twins, <laughs> um, Luda back in the day. It's going to be that kind of energy and vibe, okay. Got it. you know, kind of flashy, safe, because listen, this is not the early 2000s. We have a woke conscious, mm-hmm. but yeah. then we're going to have like movie town where you get to go relive all your favorite movies, but you get to be the lead of the movie. Right. Now, now for me to try, I'm trying to uh, picture Freaknik, though, as specifically as I can. And so like, <laughs> so when you're saying it's a little bit, and you're describing these artists. Yeah. Is it like going or is it through like their videos? Is it like Is it like Joshua Tree? Yes. Yes. It's like Joshua Tree. It's like it's like um, MTV's old spring break. Mm-hmm. It's like um, BET when they had they Joe. It's like a big party I for see. everybody. Right. So it's like, oh, man, if you go to this, if you go to this thing over here, that's Luda, Little John and Usher, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you if it's nighttime and you're feeling wildly, yes. then all of a sudden you got crime mob over here and they playing knuck if you buck. You know what I mean? So you going, you going through the vibes. But then mm-hmm. E40 over here. Okay. Can you slow it down a little bit and you go over here and then oh, it's like come on. Aretha Franklin just got a lot of good soul. Yeah, break. 
Come on, yeah, Bray. Come on now. Aaliyah in the cut. You know what I'm saying? She giving you some. See, you too excited talking about this after like fully missed your transition. What happened? What do you say? Trust what do you say? You. I was talking about. He's... No, what I know. Happened? I was talking about it too. I was getting excited. I was like, I guess we have to hear him say it again. Yeah, you got to read the Franklin over here. You got a little bit of soul. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. I thought we were vibing. I thought we were. <laughs> no, yeah, we are. Man. That's Come on. The- Gerard, we were vibing. That's what's not fair I about thought, it. Is we really were. I was. I was hoping to hear you fully realize <laughs> the land of the of the dead that you have in mm-hmm. your mind for where you're gonna go, and then he just he had to throw Man. in his, the the title of the oh, movie. That's right. That movie he was doing. <laughs> Did you just say, "Oh, that's right"? <laughs> like so. I was just. Title. I was just being like, you know, you get a <laughs> you little. Didn't know. <laughs> you got a little EDM. You know, you got a little rap. You got a little soul. I'm upset at you. We're in a fight. Yo, man, I was really invested in that conversation. You know what I mean? Like, I was too. Soul trade. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Drop Milligan. What more can I say? Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City! Don't worry, they're fine. You can't crush a soul uh, here. That's, that's <laughs> a very fun one of my favorite lines. That's a good line. Honestly, that's a really good line. That's a really good line. That's what life on earth is for. Uh, <laughs> yep. That's I literally really rewound that because Tessa missed that and I was like, nah, she need to hear that joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you got to hear this. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are listening for the first time, welcome. Um, it's been the new year, I guess. We've had an episode in it already, but it's the first time we're recording in the new year. So welcome to 2021. Uh, this this incredible, uh, really funny voice that you heard do an awesome transition to back a couple of seconds wow. ago. This is Jonathan Braylock. <laughs> Yo, why? Like, why? <laughs> Well, I don't, you know what? This is 2021. I don't want to go after him no more. If you were like, man, who I don't did want to go after him no more. Who boy? did that painstakingly <laughs> funny transition? That was John Braylock. I don't, wow. James, do you want to go? I don't, okay. I refuse to keep going after him when he does this stuff. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to go. Okay. You want I me to go, go right next? After him. And this smooth voice you're That's hearing right saying. now, coming at you live. Coming at you live into your into your ears, into your auditory senses. Coming at you <laughs> no, right now, not, live, it, live. At, at this exact moment. It's James the Third. What is wrong with y'all? Like why? Like why? <laughs> All right, <laughs> that is. Remember when I used to do that? Remember when that was the bit and, I did? And, and I'm, that, it's back. Twenty twenty one. Maybe I do bits now. Maybe I do bits again. And the very exasperated voice you're hearing is. <laughs> The already exhausted <laughs> voice. This is Gerard Milligan, who's <laughs> looking at these two niggas like, why y'all starting the year like this? What a great way to start oh. the year. Um, uh. And what a great film to start the year on. Here, we, uh, we, we review films of leading Black actors. We talk about them in the context of race and diversity in Hollywood. And today, yeah. we are reviewing Soul, which came out Christmas 2020 is the newest Disney Pixar film starring Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey. Oh, yeah. 
and Richard Felicia Rashad. Sorry, <laughs> Felicia Rashad. Is it is it Ayo? Do you? Oh snap! I know. That was, that was Graham, Graham Norton. And, and apparently, David Diggs is in this. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. This movie has a. It came out on Disney Plus, so there's no box office as as there isn't in, in pandemics anymore. Uh, but it does have a 96 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, 89 percent audience score. So it's about a man who uh, just uh, got a a gig a gig of a lifetime. His he feels like it's his big break. He's about to get to play in a band uh, with a very um, celebrated artist, but then he immediately dies um, and he goes to heaven, but he's trying to find a way back to earth because he, he, he doesn't feel like it's his time. And then there's a, another, a new soul that he meets along the way who, who tries to help him out. Uh, and that new soul is trying to help him out because that new soul doesn't want to go to earth ever. Wants to just be a, a floating soul in nothingness. In the in the great before, I thought this movie was good. Um, it it made me uh, laugh at times. It was touching. The story felt was something that I felt personally close to, and so I went through it watching the movie. In terms of Pixar, like I haven't seen every Pixar movie, but I really I like you know who doesn't like Pixar movies? This one didn't pack the same kind of punch that so many of them do for me. Um, and I thought that they could do so much more with for a movie called Soul. I thought they could do so much more with uh, with the Great Beyond and the Great Before um, that they it just felt like they didn't go into it as much as they do with a lot of these um, sort of world new worlds that they that they explore. Um, I because probably because of Jarrah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like mad that he was in the cat. Like I was just mad that he was in the cat <laughs> like like write something else like let him still be black if he had to be a soul from at least a blue soul for most of the movie when you put him on earth at least let him be in his body while he's on earth you know even though i do in general like what they did with with the soul from the from the great before sort of experiencing life in this new way just they could have done anything and so i just think that that was frustrating to me that's my very general uh uh initial thoughts about about stuff like it it did deeply affect me in terms of like what the movie was about and the kind the way that i currently live my life with my pursuits of entertainment you know so i did i was interested in that i thought this movie was incredible i thought it was definitely the deepest pixar movie ever made i also i will say really quickly i don't think that i don't yeah <laughs> it's one of those movies where i was like this is for kids <laughs> like, this movie yeah. was this movie is so like profoundly deep um it's very spiritual um and very like philosophical i thought it was also very funny i wasn't really bothered much by him being in the cat like it provided for some really funny comedy at times um but also the movie wasn't really about race it was what i feel like we generally look for in films which is just like there's a black experience happening. Um, you have the barbershop, you know, you have his mom, you have like the, the, the beauty salon that his mom works at. You have like black cultural things that are sprinkled in throughout, but you don't have a movie that's like very concerned about race. He is just a person. Now he's a person. We see his soul and then we see his soul trapped in the cat, but we like still hear his voice when 
the new soul speaks through him. And there were other black, it wasn't just like one black character, which was great. So you don't have this like, well, we only get like, this is what the black experience is because it's living through one person. Like, yes, in terms of how it's with the princess and the frog, it like, it makes for this like awkward thing. But that's more to do with just, again, the (laughs) scarcity of black animated characters, which is a problem that's much bigger than soul. And then also whatever, what Disney did with the princess and the frog, which was like, I think we've talked on that. We've had that episode, go back and listen to it if you haven't heard it. Um, but to me, a lot worse than this movie, especially cause it's supposed to be like, that's supposed to be a princess movie. And this movie is literally about the afterlife, but I'm excited to talk about some of the like deeper things in it when we get to it. But yeah, that was that, but I really like this movie. For me, I think this movie was probably the most conflicted I've ever felt watching a movie. I watched this um, with Rachel and her brother on Christmas morning because we're like, we're going to watch Soul in the morning, watch Wonder Woman at night for dinner. So I was hyped to watch Soul. (laughs) You didn't have a good day. It was a rough day for movies. It was a rough... We took a big L on Christmas. But my thing about this, though, is as as I agree, I think there's a profound story in Soul. Like, I love talking about death and the afterlife. I love talking about the reason for meaning. Like, being artist, I think this movie hits so many things. I think the racial component is very tough um, for me. But even taking it out, I think I still have a problem with it because I don't think our lead learned the lessons himself. I think his agency was taken away. He didn't learn the lessons. He learned the lessons from watching someone else live in his body, which is a thing that like, that is a, a thing that bothered me where instead of like a lot of these movies, when someone goes on a self-discovery, there's somebody added to help him. If I'm watching Up, if I'm watching Coco, if I'm watching these movies. Also, I just really wanted this movie to be the Black Coco. I just I just want, about, so this is just my side note. I just really want a Pixar Disney movie to like highlight some type of Black culture and like in a fun way where we get to learn a little bit of something. I know this movie wasn't it. We found that out like in the trailer, he dies immediately. This black dude is in his black body for probably less than 20 minutes of this whole movie, which is, again, taking race out of it because I don't want to hit on that the whole time. I do just wish he had agency. Like I wish like maybe instead of him having to help 22, 22 was helping him. Hey, man, like in some way where it felt like even if it wasn't a white woman's voice in that body and they commented on it earlier in the movie, which was like, oh, this is the voice that annoys people the most. That bothered me a little bit. But um, aside from that, I think there are beauty. In, I think there was a lot of beauty in this movie. I was just conflicted on like how it played out. Like, I think this is probably the first Pixar movie where like, I almost wish it wasn't a black person in it. So I could not even have to worry about it. Um, and just comments on the character and 22. Cause I had a really big problem with the character of 22, but with the blackness of it, it just made it really difficult. Um, how they treat yeah. how that how they treat the uh, David Diggs character is just racially. I'm trying my best to not talk about this movie in race, even though we're doing this podcast because it's just there's certain things I just cannot let go of. But I want to focus on what Braylon talking about. I think it's beautiful. Focus on things that your passion isn't necessarily the job that you have. There's other things into it, but I'm conflicted. We got to see 22 experience life and how that experience. Uh, changed her throughout that whole that whole section of the movie so like we got to uh, you know sort of see her growth um it it, it seemed like more i mean i know that that 
he goes through, he stops thinking about himself and starts thinking about her at, at, at a certain point there too. But it seems like we spend a lot of time with 22 uh, exploring life and like, and, and learning that there are good things about it. Whereas like with him, it's sort of like, you know, apart from him sort of not being so uh, egotistical and like, and sort of opening up and realizing I should, I should maybe put myself out on a limb to, to help uh, 22. His biggest thing is like he plays and then he's like, oh, I don't, I didn't actually want to live for this, you know? And like that, he, the thing that he learns, it seems like it happens like that, <laughs> where even though we've spent this whole movie with him, but like she, you know, we spend so much time with her growth that it starts to feel almost like uh, the movie is handed over to her at a, at, a, at a certain point, you know? And I think that that, maybe that is why I was so frustrated with like <laughs> him not being in his body and him being in a cat because it it did feel like we were, at, there is a point where we like hand over the, the the movie to her, and I don't know if that's bad, <laughs> you know. I I don't know if that's me, if that is me thinking too much about like. But isn't this his story, or even don't I want I want him to be doing more uh, changing and growth throughout? You know, um, I don't know if that's bad. That's just what my memory of watching it was was like. For me, I think like take a movie like Finding Nemo. The, I mean, you can debate, I guess, who that story is about, but it's like the story is about the father, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially, because he's, he's the one who's going out on the journey to find his son. And he has all these experiences happen to him. And the, the reality is he's changing throughout the movie, but he doesn't know it. It doesn't dawn on him until the very end where he realizes, oh, wait, I did all these different things, you know, and life isn't. As I, I don't have to hold life so preciously like I was doing before. Dory's like having all these different changes throughout the movie. It's it's a sim- it's similar structure. I agree with you. Like I think what you're explaining for Finding Nemo is what I really wanted this movie to be. Like Dory is there and she is changing, but she's there to assist the dad. And at the end of the day, the dad gets into trouble. He has to help get Dory at one point. Like he almost gets like he. He actively is the one driving the seat in his own adventure. Whereas like for a majority, like 45 minutes, I think, or so of the movie, Joe is not actively driving his own body. As a matter of fact, he's a passenger looking at someone else drive it. So I I agree with you. I just think I wanted this to be more of exactly what you're talking about. Like I wanted him to be in the mix and figure it out. Yeah. and, And it's also because like what was happening to his body was also affecting his life because because someone was living his body like he he loses the gig and then he gets the gig back. And it's all because it's like him forcing literally his body 22 in his body to behave differently. Right. And I think that that just adds to this complicated. I would I do think I would need to watch it again, especially after we have this conversation. But like there's something about that that like felt like it, it felt like he was like he was going through experiences, but but also vicariously going through experiences um, like him as a cat and then 22 in his body. W- weird, weirdly. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Let's go through it scene by scene. It'll be easier that way, I think. Because um, the first, yeah. yeah, the first like 10, 15 minutes is just us experiencing Joe's life. Um, he's a middle school like band teacher, which is a really fun. I mean, we never really get to see such a um, 
kind of like a common job, I feel like, on display in the way that we do here that felt really nice. It was just like nice that like, oh, we're like just like in a school, like, and like, here's this teacher who like cares about music, but he's also like teaching, you know, like half of, if not the majority of the kids like don't really care. Like they just have to do, like, yeah. <laughs> they have to be in band, you know, like they it have is, to that take is a, so a class hard. Instrument. That was something that I, <laughs> that I identified with sort of right away of like, he is so passionate about music, like loves it deeply experiences what they call, whatever they call it when you lose yourself in it or in the zone, when he's in the zone, when you're in the zone, um, of like, uh, lit, you're lit when you're in the zone, you are literally, uh, taken to another place of existence. But like, but then he also has to deal with. Well, we don't see it at first, but we just see him right, like. Yeah, we just see him in in it lose himself. Uh, but then, but then he has to deal with these kids who do not care about it at all. <laughs> Except know? for the one. There's Except for the one, one and it There's means so much. Uh, yeah, but the the one cares about it, but she's embarrassed because all the other kids are looking at her, and making Sorry. fun of her that she cares so much about something, and so she's like, "I don't care," which also is so real and it so is. like, it's like such a sad human <laughs> thing, but it's so true. It's like you excel at something, but instead of people like being like, "Wow, you're this is amazing," whatever, people are like, "Oh, you're so weird. You like this so much," and you're like, "No." <laughs> I think I think I wanted more of this because like, yeah, this is the first time we got to see somebody with a mundane job. It was like, we get to see him with the kids. At one point, I was like, oh, what? I was like, this this smart kid is going to come back and he's going to have to like help her. And like, literally in my mind, I was like, she's going to want to quit because people keep making fun of her. But through his love of music, he's going to get her to like not give up. And like, then he's going to know I'm not just about music. I'm about teaching and, and being there, which I think later on when we get to it, infuriated me even more. Uh, and then also, I think, you know, with this movie, like if you watch Up, we have so much time learning the history of this character. Like even in Nemo, for instance, like we we get to see Nemo with his dad. Then we get to see the dad's neurosis and like how freaked out he gets. And for some reason, for me, this felt so truncated that by like eight minutes in, he was dead. We had eight minutes with this dude and he was already dead and out of his body for 45 minutes of the but, movie. But that's typical Pixar. They have the little montage of that dude's life is like five, six minutes. Like Nemo gets taken away very, very quickly within yeah, the movie. Like you're right. we do see this, we see the scene with his mom. Cause like, I feel like we do get like a nice little taste. We see him like at the, the school, like this is his job. This is what he does. Don't we see him with his mom, like at the shop? So I think he gets the phone call about the, the audition that he's gonna he's gonna get promoted yeah and she's like oh congratulations you're gonna get promoted and he's like yeah and she's like you better take this job <laughs> like <laughs> yeah like uh, i mean it's immediately like oh i don't know you know so we kind of see this weird di- like this dynamic that he has with his mother that's a little off and then we see him go and do the audition and then he's in the zone there and then the woman's like okay like where have you been i feel like we got it like this sense where we we're like man like we're on this dude's side we are excited for him to finally live out his dreams. I felt the same way of like, oh man, he finally is going to get his big break, yeah. and you I, know, like for whatever reason, he hasn't gotten it yet. I liked that he died right away because of the pre- premise of the movie. I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen a single trailer, but I just knew that he was going to be dead the whole time or knew that he was, that the movie was about him being dead. 
So like I liked the this, the setup of this and like the buildup of him like walking down the street and him encountering several different things that, that could kill him. You know, like I liked all of all yeah. of all of that. Yeah, that was silly. Um, and then and then and then jumping straight. <laughs> he almost died like four <laughs> times. So many different things that could kill him. I think that's part of what made it palatable for kids to 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 see him die you know was like the sort of we know what this the premise of this movie is so then we like you know see him go through a series of of, of death traps before he finally goes so i was okay i was i was okay with this um with with this part so far it's hard for me man and the thing is i I am trying my best if we do this review to not talk about the black skin of him I remember, I don't know if you guys read the director was like, at first it wasn't about a black person. Like at first he was going to make it about a, an actor or something like that. But then when he made it about jazz, they decided to make it about like, because black people have the strongest connection to mm-hmm. jazz, which is like, hey, thank you. Because La La Land, you know? Here's the thing. If they made this about a jazz, somebody who played jazz and taught in a school and it wasn't black. Like, I know you said you would have rather this movie not have been about a black person, but don't you think if they made this whole movie and it was all white people, we would have been like, WTF, why do they make this movie with all white people? I was going to say, I wish this movie was his initial thing. I wish it would have been about like an actor or something else. Like, because again, I I think the difficulty that I have is I do relate like so much to... Yeah, but you don't get that pun. I know. I know. (laughs) Honestly. You don't get that sweet, sweet pun. It's It's just hard because... I <laughs> even hearing like my brain like this brought up like you know him getting the job offer and not wanting to take it like that stuff I connect with to such a grand extent but it's hard for me to as a person who's talked about these movies we do this podcast to see finally a black lead of a Pixar movie to see this dude to see the funny ways in which is like they about to murk this nigga it's like I get it it is funny but a lot of those Pixar movies when it is about a human it feels like it's more nuanced you know what I'm saying like and up like the death like why he goes and gets the balloons, like why he's ducking people who's trying to kill him. And and Coco, when he's going to the afterworld, is so nuanced and not played for, excuse me, the moments of that main character are not played for laughs. It's usually like an animal or something else that comes in that we do get the jokes because the person is going through like some real shit. Whereas like in this, I'm like, the joke is still this nigga who, and the joke is we about to kill him, but we ain't about to kill him yet. Just wait for the, just wait for the death. And it's like, it is me overthinking it, but it is but for me is because I'm looking at a black skinned person, and it's hard for me to separate his black skin from like just his. He's not a cat yet, like he's like in Coco, he's not the dumb dog yet. Like in 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 Nemo, he's not the silly fish, like Dory who can't see and remember shit right yet. You know, like in Up, he's not the 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 other dog yet. You know what I mean? It's just I'm thinking too much. Yeah. I know I'm saying that, but it's hard. You wanted the the death to be dealt with with more gravitas like for us to really feel like oh no he just died like that's a tragic thing but in the beginning of coco we do see who we think is the dad die by being crushed by a uh, bell at the beginning that's of true the that he's funny. like singing remember me and then a big ass bell just falls down. and that is funny my point is is like when the boy Right, the boy he's not the lead character. It's treated like when he goes, like it is very serious that like nigga, you are in the land of the dead. You will get stuck. He's also not dead. That's the there's also that element of it too. And when they attempt to kill him at the end, it is a big deal. My thing is like when it comes to the main character too, like kind of what Braylock was just saying is I just I didn't want his death to be for laughs. I wanted to be like, oh shit, this nigga just died. 
you know, the converse is in up when the when the wife dies, it is very serious, and we and right. we and it's like not played for laughs. It's like oh fuck, he it's lost played this, for this for sadness. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's played for it's played for sadness. It's played for um, tears. I, I will. I've been getting. I'm writing something right now where somebody dies at the beginning of it, and every time people read the premise, they're like, the death has to be because the because the premise is dark. Uh, like we're following him dead throughout it. They're like, it needs to be light or otherwise people are going to be miserable <laughs> the whole time. There are TV shows like that. Kristen Bell's death in the good place is utterly ridiculous. But you're right. You are right you're that right. like there was no moment with him in the beginning that was played for tears or whatever, which which Pixar does tend to do, you know. Like, I think we are supposed to be, we're really sad when, like, Nemo's mom dies, you know, and, like, all of the babies, and we're, like, really sad and up, you know? Like, there are a lot of, like, Pixar things where they start the movie with, like, a super serious, sad thing happen, and this is his death, and his death in this is, like, is is funny. Here's what I, here here's what I kind of think about it, because when he died, he, like, didn't know he was, he didn't even know he was dead, because it was, like, such a sudden and, like... Mm. It, it it does feel if it, it feels like what it is and and what it can be sometimes, which is like, how are they dead? Like like it, it's so shocking, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like it's like no, it's not. I'm not supposed to be dead yet, even though truly any of us can die, like at any at any moment. Which is like a we like if we really like think about it, it's like it paralyzes some people, you know. And I think with the pandemic, you have that happening more and more. There there is this kind of like. Uh, thought that like we're no we're we're gonna live until x amount of years so if i like die before then then like my, i was robbed of my life and like so that's the feeling he gets immediately which is like uh -uh, i'm not going to the great beyond like i'm not, I'm not supposed to be dead <laughs> even though just you like you died like yeah. what do you mean <laughs> you know <laughs> there's not there is no supposed to be but it does feel like that which kind of feels that way with him like you know, but I, I, but I, I do get your point. It, it is, it is silly. It's just, it's hard. And again, I guess, you know what it is? I guess I don't even mind the jokes. I, I think my biggest problem with the movie is actually 22 and his connection to her. Because I almost wish he was the person who didn't, wasn't getting the most out of life and like didn't even see the necessity and someone had to help guide him and be like, no, it, it just felt weird that it felt like the movie became about helping this person. And instead of, I know he's supposed to learn the lesson along the way. Well, it was always about helping him. It, yeah. it was never about helping 22. It was always like 22 is supposed to help him. It's just that 22, because 22 is like living life for the first time, they were having bigger, way bigger experiences and way bigger reactions and mm -hmm. stuff. And so like what was interesting about the movie was what was happening with 22. Whereas like Joe was just trying to like, Okay, this mis this big mistake happened. We switched bodies. You weren't even supposed to be here, I guess. But like, so there was this big mistake that happened. And what we need to happen is we have a certain amount of time before we can do the transfer, which was, you know, arbitrary. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> like that dude was just like, it can only happen at 630. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> I don't know why, but okay. Uh, and then... And so he was like, all I need to do is make you, like, get you freshened up, like, to get you a clean cut, to get you a suit. We got to prepare for this. Then we'll do the switch. 
and then boom, bada bing. So like he was just trying to get the d- things done logistically, which is kind of boring. And then, you know, 22 is like off having adventures. But I, I do still feel like it's similar to Finding Dory because like the, the dad is 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 the boring one in the whole movie where he you know he's just like no don't do that or don't do this whatever yeah you're right you're right it's the nature of those roles here's the question i really wanted to ask you though mm-hmm. and other people who are also bothered by 22 because i think a lot of people are and if it wasn't tina fey like if it was a black woman who was cast as 22 like would it feel different i think you know what i mean i think it's too full so I had a, I think I told you guys on the low off the podcast, but I had a deep in-depth conversation with like two of our astronomy club members, Caroline and Monique about this. And Monique asked me that. I think it would be better, but my, but my big issue outside of the racial thing with Tina Fey is that it is 22 as a whole. I think my, my, my problem is that the character of 22 takes away the agency of Joe, just period. Because it becomes like, Joe becomes one note in trying to get his body back, which again, if you do the Finding Nemo example, yes, the dad is just trying to get Nemo back, but the dad on the journey is physically in these situations himself where he gets to learn and experience things. Whereas like Joe in the barber shop at the end, he's in, he's the, he's the cat. Yeah, he's the cat and he's looking at it. And matter of <laughs> fact, there's a scene outside the barber shop where um, the barber comes yeah. out and the barber basically kind of says something like, you know, you, you've never asked before. And you see Tina or 22 in the body with a lollipop. And we see Joe now see, uh, I never did that before, but he didn't, he didn't learn it from doing it. He learned it from watching someone else do it. And then 22 sit like licks the lollipop and skips on off. And I was like, what the hell? And that happens. So the mother too, sorry, the mother situation too, is like Joe never gets to do the actual thing that he's trying to learn. He just gets to watch 22 do it. His mom, the barbershop, Literally at one point, 22 becomes so good with his body, she runs and is like, I don't want to get his back. I don't. <laughs> well, wait, but with the mom, though, Joe does actually. He's the Joe one the who says all the. It's not he's not in the body, but he's he's saying as oh, the okay. cat, he's telling 22 yes, exactly yes. what to say. So it's it is him having that conversation. I like the way they did that scene that that actually I thought that scene was really nice. Uh, but even just thinking about that scene before of like, say, say they both get get down on Earth. And the problem is that 22 is in a cat and shouldn't be down on Earth. And he made a promise to her and he needs to figure out how to get her back and also do his job. And he's acting all erratic and crazy because he has a freaking talking cat with him. <laughs> that he has, you know, and like, say he goes to the barbershop to try to get his haircut and he's talking about jazz nonstop. And 22, as the cat noted, is like bored. Like, you talk about jazz all the time. Can you ask him something? And he's like, what? He likes, he likes jazz. Just try it. Ask him something. And then he asks him. And then the scene carries out the same way that it that it did but then afterwards he's like wow i never knew any of that you never asked me and then he still learns it as himself like that's it that's interesting to me and i don't yeah and again it might also be because i'm i'm thinking about it too much i've I've been telling myself that i'm probably thinking about it too much (laughs) a lot just like gerard has been saying right but but like i don't know i i would have found that scene just as interesting and probably would have had as much comedy in it here's what i liken it to and I think this is what they were going for. We are with like our f- friends and they have two kids, right? And they're like four and or five and, and two or two and a half or, around there, right? So they're like little kids. And there's some, when you're like with little kids and they're like 
discovering things for the first time and they're like living life, you like see yourself in them because you're like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Like, I, of course, like just like falling down, like the sensation of falling down, like is fun. Like I don't, I like never, I don't stop to think about how just the sensation of falling down is fun or like just eating ice cream is like truly the best thing that happened to me today. Like I was able to like eat some (laughs) vanilla ice cream and that was the highlight of my day. And I'm going to talk about it for a week. Even like them getting mad at something and you're like, oh yeah, like I get mad like that too. Like if somebody, if I was like, you know, watching something and someone like interrupts me while I'm like playing with something like I'm, I get, I do, I'm like, shut up, you know, like, <laughs> you know, but we like learn how to like manage that and like justify it and all this different stuff. And you watch kids and you realize like there's stuff, there's stuff about life that you're missing or you haven't thought about or you, you, you took for granted because, you know, you're an adult and, and there's all these other things that you have to worry about and deal with. And like, I think to me, that was what was happening with 22. Like, it wasn't like 22 was living his life better than he was or anything like that. It was just like 22 was a kid and 22 ate a slice of pizza. And it, what's the thing that's funny about this too is that it, it wasn't like Joe didn't know this because when he was the mentor, we like skipped over this part. When they were in Oh, The Great Before and he was supposed to be mentoring and he was like, yeah, I got to find my spark. And Joe was like, this is easy. Like, and and so he, it's not like he didn't love life because he like, he's like, look, we'll just like, like listen to this music or like here, eat, eat some food. And she's like, I can't taste, I can't, you know, smell and then he's like oh that is tough like he knows he does know like there are great things about life yeah there are good things about living and and he knows that because he's done it and like and that's why the whole time he was like you're only you're only feeling this way because you lived my life and i love all of those things the but then what he he later on there's this realization of like wait all that stuff is like worth something like i'm i'm out here thinking my purpose is just to do to achieve this one goal but even if i never achieve that goal my life was still worth living because he the reason he wanted to get back to earth was because he kept saying like i haven't like i haven't finished my purpose yet or like my life has been a waste i i think he like literally says like if i die he tells his mom i know if i died today my life would have been a waste and then the realization that he gets at the end is like no that's not true like even if you die today you lived a great life. Like you lived a life worth living because here are all these other small things that 22 is enjoying that you also enjoy. Like, here's the thing about it. That's funny. Like, cause like, I want it to be more nuanced, but I actually think this is like super nuanced, but in a, in a, in a way that is difficult because it's hard to like actually figure out what's, what's happening. Cause there's so many, there's so many layers of it. Cause nobody's like, it's not black and white. Like, It's not like 22 was right and Joe was wrong. It's not like what Joe wanting to, his dream wasn't a bad dream. Like nothing he was doing was necessarily bad. It was just that there was some other stuff he was missing, like little things. It's, it feels, that's why when I started this, I was like, this movie was so deep because I was watching it going like, man, like, wow, I I guess I could learn that lesson or I should learn that lesson. Because there was a part of me that at a certain point, I thought the movie was trying to say like Joe's dream was bad or like he shouldn't have been so focused on like wanting to get this thing. And I was like, why? But then I then I realized I don't think that's what the movie's saying. But I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in there. I was just conflicted the whole time because I think of the performer half of it, like, um, 
you know, just to get just to get back into it, like, you know, when he goes to the the was it the great before wherever when he's on that fucking escalator, I was like, this is some scary ass shit. Cause when they when they go through, it sounds like like moths to a like little uh bug zapper. I was like, this <laughs> shit like don't sound zapped. I like this doesn't sound fun. And then when he finally makes <laughs> and then when he finally makes it back to like where the mentors are, it's making me question every time I say like I don't want it to just be about black. It's hard for me when like there's a black person and we just disavow it to an extent. Like I'm not saying I wanted to be harped on, but like there was something about when he gets back, you know, he gets linked up with 22. You know, we go through all the people who 22 um, who tried to train her, and then she just like was very happy that she broke all of them. Who, for a good part, a lot were people of color, but that's neither here nor there. Well, there a lot of them were people of color, but she, but she had yeah, so yeah, yeah. many. She so, had like, so they many. Were just but naming I, famous people. Can I ask <laughs> why was Marie Antoinette one of her men? Like Marie Antoinette is famous for like dying <laughs> and saying like let them eat cake. Because, I was like, why? Do, why was she a mentor? Because she wished they tried everybody. <laughs> she's number. She's number twenty two. By the time, <laughs> by the time he dies and gets there, they're in such a high number of souls to, <laughs> oh, to I didn't even Earth. realize and that. And she's number twenty two and has not. You know, I guess become a human whatever that phrase is called when we get there it was something about like this sneaky accountant <laughs> who did not sound black about to hunt down this black dude i was like it something <laughs> guys i don't know what's happening i couldn't i i could not take out the race i can't i just i and at this point i remember being like i can't not think about race i remember we all said and we were watching this like yo the only way you can get through this movie we thought about cutting it off at one point. We were like, no, no, we got to watch it. And I was like, just take, Yo, take his race out that, of it. And that, was hard. It. that was take hard race. to watch. I, this that dude, was really it was hard to watch. Hilarious. It, does to it, it, it was really hard on. to watch. It was I know hilarious. That funny. in my chest. <laughs> like, it's, de- it's that I definitely funny. Not take the race like, out there of it. Is, there is, there, it uh, is so funny that he just... He, I know. he kills him. Uh, you see his body fully freeze, <laughs> and his soul. And he sees and the afterlife. Like, <laughs> it is. <laughs> and then he pulls him. There is nothing like, not funny about that. I just could Don't not eat see. I just, I just couldn't see a young black dude like that. I, it was, it was like hard. It was hard to watch. And and I and I fully agree that it's hilarious. <laughs> like <laughs> but, but it was so it was hard like, to watch. You picked this dude. He it wasn't about how he looked. It wasn't about how he looked. They were both outside and then he went around the corner. He just thought Joe was gonna walk down the street. It was that's why because I read that article, I was like, it they they didn't pick him because he thought he looked like Joe. Like that is reading into it. <laughs> I couldn't take the context out. It was super funny. He pulls him. First off, he's light skinned. He looked, it was so, he looks nothing like Joe. Hold on. Somebody wrote a full ass article about this. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, of course. Well, you know, people wrote articles about this movie. <laughs> but about that moment, somebody wrote. No, it's not about necessarily just Joe. But, but, but I think, I think this part matters. It's like, even if it's not about Joe, it is this thing of like this black dude being killed traumatized and then just being like hey keep this between us don't eat doritos and they just send this traumatic they just send this nick to i could not take out and i guess it's because of where we live in i cannot take out of what happens to again 
I've had cops pull guns on me. And then when it's over, it's just like, oh, my bad. Go about your day. And it's like, yo, so much traumatic shit happens. And it's like, nigga, you be fine. Watching this, I was mad at myself that I was mad that it bothered me that he was black and it happened to him. Because it was like, I just, I, I, it, it was, it was a very clear. So if he was white, it wouldn't have I bothered I was you. so mad at myself at that reality. It was true. No, it's the thing is, but the thing is, I can't say that I don't oh, know. God. I think it's true. I think I would have laughed if he was white, and I'm upset at that. Like, like it, like to see to see him specifically in the afterlife, a black and white image of him, a young black dude. We people are drawing yeah. pictures of dead black people all the time. Like people are, do, we're doing all this last year. Ever since May, we've been doing it, right? Right, and it just. That's all I that's all I could think about. I couldn't even I couldn't even think about the aftermath of the thing that uh, Gerard was talking about of like how cops just send you along your day after they make a mistake. <laughs> like I couldn't even think about that because I was too in my head about like this black dude died and and it's supposed to be funny. Again, I actually do think that every step of that is funny. There's something funny about it, but I but like I was mad that that I was like fuck, I I would have probably laughed if this was a white dude and I couldn't laugh because he was black. I, I, it's upsetting. It is. <laughs> that's why we needed the funny, that's why we needed the funny, silly dog. If the dog, it would happen to like cat. something else and the dog would be like, Hurr? and then <laughs> if he wasn't the cat though, if he wasn't the cat, because <laughs> you know what it is? And, and again, like you're right, it is a break. It is a funny thing. And, it, and it's hard because again, this is one of the first movies that I ever sat and was like, I, as a person cannot take this, skin color out of this movie because there are points where i know it's not about race but when we see the barbershop there are points where like it is about his race a little bit it's just like it's like we we don't touch on it enough to like i mean it's 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 know. not about his race he's just authentically lit like it's just the movie was yes. being tr- yeah, yeah being authentic yeah, what to like you what this black man like what his tonight. life would be Definitely like gotta go get a cut <laughs> yeah he's he has to get a shape up and he's not gonna go to a white barber <laughs> yeah no you're right I mean, you're right like, <laughs> I, I was just struggling, man. When that thing happened with that other black dude, and I was, it, it was, it was a sequence of events. It was helping the student, which I think should have been a Joe thing. I think Joe really cared about that student, no matter what. Like, I agree with you on that point. I think that's like the biggest one is that it kind of sucks that Joe didn't get to help yeah. his own student, and he didn't even see it. He didn't even. He didn't even see that she was there to quit, but then needed to play and like loved it so much that she decided on her own to, to keep going. Like the fact that he was, cause he was locked inside and then, and then 22 yeah. had to come in and then explain what happened. He was locked in the house. Yeah. And, and it's like, cause I don't know what he's trying to say. Cause I was like, well, it seemed like Joe was actually a really good teacher here. Here's the thing. I, actually what was happening was it was a learning moment for 22. Like it had nothing to do with Joe. It took a part of Joe's story and then made it a learning moment for 22, which was kind of weird because, like you're saying, why couldn't 22 have learned that by watching Joe do something? Or even Joe communicating and 22 being like, oh, like getting something because Joe's doing something, as opposed to 22 learning something completely on their own in Joe's body, taking a part of Joe's (laughs) storyline. It it, it was just a sequence. It was like that. Then the barber shop and telling the story, and then like her like licking licking the life and being like, huh? Like I was uh, like, that, you- that shit hurt the hell out of me. It, like that part, literally, I was like, ah. <laughs> oh, because he never asked the guy about himself. Before. Yeah, and the thing is, like, because you already saw Joe being like, damn, 
But then when no, 22, like, real, she teases him about <laughs> it and, like, legit skips down I started, the street. I, started, I replayed practice. every conversation I ever had after this I, Yeah, but see, that's like, a, shit. <laughs> exactly. I felt the same way. And I was also like, see, this is what the, this is that child thing of, like, a child does something. And it's like, but why would you do that? And you're like, oh, damn it. No, no. Damn it. This stupid little child just taught me a lesson. You are right. And you know what, Bray? I think not even if it would have been, like, just a black woman, it would have just been a kid, but I think I think I couldn't take. Yeah, like if it was a little black girl, I couldn't take that it was Tina Fey. And the thing is, we didn't hear his voice when she's like in the barbershop. You hear her talking, not her voice. Yeah, his voice in right. um, her body, which did they there do was it? no consistency to. Oh, they did it a couple of times. No, you. I think you're right. I think sometimes we heard his voice when she was talking, but but that time I think we heard Tina Fey's voice. Yeah. And, then, and also, it's like Tina Fey, so it was hard. And I was like, because, you know, Tina Fey got the blackface episodes and shit that we be trying to expunge. And it was just like, it was just... Which like, it didn't, I, I didn't know it was Tina Fey until after the movie. Because literally, what ha- we start the movie and and Tessa was like, oh, who who is that? Like, And I was like, you know what? Usually when I find out who the voice actors are, rarely does it ever make the movie better. It almost always makes the movie worse. That's why I don't want to know. <laughs> And was, we were like, all right, great. Because we, because I will always remember Kubo and the Two Strings. We oh, sat yeah, in the movie so theater and loved that movie. And we were like, this movie's incredible. And then the credits rolled and I saw who was the voice cast. <laughs> and I immediately hated the movie. <laughs> like, um, like, immediately. I, I was like, if I knew this when I went into the movie, I, would n- I wouldn't have liked the movie the entire time. I was able to blissfully enjoy that, full, that movie in full. And then the credits rolled and I was like, well, this movie's trash. Well, I didn't know. I just knew Jamie. And I didn't, I didn't think anything. I knew the voice sounded white. But I didn't think it was going to be a white woman yeah, until yeah. that joke of like, you sound like a middle-aged white woman. And she's like, yeah, this is the voice I like to annoy people. Like, So then I was like, who the fuck is this? And then I messed up. I was like, <laughs> who is that then? Anyway, this movie, in the way the lighting portrays blackness and the situations, I think is just gorgeous. Like this barbershop scene visually was beautiful. When they go to the nightclub, yes. like the skin, the huge, yeah. the shape up. People can't get black. I'm not gonna say the movie because James will try to shame me. Say the movie. But there are movies with black male leads in live action that can't get a black man's shape up right. This movie, it was Chris Baby. I ain't got a shape up now, but the lines were beautiful. Ah, uh, I was like, they did it so right. And I think, Brooke, I think you're right. There's so much beauty in this movie. Movies are supposed to be an escape, and I couldn't take the world we live in out of this movie. And it's one of the first times I'm ever like, nah, man. You got this white woman and this black dude body. Yeah. She don't want to give it back. She learning lessons. Like, then at the end, it's like, he about to give up his life for her. Why? Literally, at one point, I was like, don't you dare go back. Don't you dare go back. And when he goes back to try to save her, and I'm like, nigga, if you give up your life for this white lady, I'm going to lose my shit. I was like, I, there was just, I couldn't. Okay, but she wasn't, see, that's the problem. She, she was, wasn't, she wasn't white, white lady. Yeah. She wasn't white. She, she was just a soul. She, she could have been anything. not him. Know, like, for her to I be know. running around, <laughs> just running around in his body, that would be horrible. That would have been horrible if he would have left her <laughs> I, guys, I know. I know. When I was reading that ar- article, I was like, all right, 
I was like, guys, it's not a white woman. Like, that's the voice casting, but 22 is just a soul. And like, there is no race. Like, everything you're saying, I totally get. And I, it's one of these things that it's so, it's so hard because we're like, we're so traumatized by like actual rate, like the reality of the world. Like, <laughs> and racism and like all this stuff that's really happening in real life that it's hard for us to watch a movie with like blue souls and hear a voice and be like oh that soul is white and that soul is black <laughs> you're right you know? like, uh... and like apply all of our earth like all of the earth stuff to whatever like this like spiritual realm you know where where the spirits aren't dealing with race because I mean we don't really learn that much about like, I guess to James's point, we like don't really learn that much about like, is there a God? Like who's like, why are, you know, like, is there a reason for all of this that, that's happening? We just learn like little bit of logisticals of like, you know, there are new souls that are created, you know, they get mentored, they find their spark and then they get dropped down onto earth, you know, and then when you die, you go into the great beyond and like, that's kind of it. Mm -hmm. Like, and then there's the zone. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's the zone and then the lost souls that end up in the zone, which I, th I thought that was cool. I thought the lost souls thing was cool. Yeah. That was the thing of like, you can be a lost soul. Like, I loved how they all were like repeating something, you know, like, um, and and then she became a lost soul because she was like, her repetition was like, I'm not worthy or something like that. Like, I'm not worth it. I'm not worthy. And then, but they were also like, you can get lost by like just being lost in your job. And like, you're so focused on, you know, one thing that you become lost as well. And I don't know, there was something about that that I was like, man, this is like... If the movie truly yeah. felt like a sermon, and, and, and <laughs> like, she does, she there being like, I was like, yeah, that's right. I got it. When he goes to her and sees what she's repeating, and then she starts uh, manifesting the different people that have that have uh, told her that she's not good enough. When she, this was very effective to me. I thought when she then mirrors what he said to her back to him as like a giant <laughs> version of his face. Like that was, that was great. And, 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 and I think like a, a moment like, like uh fighting Nemo, which you keep, which you keep bringing up Bray of like, of him. Re that's a great moment of him recognizing what he's been doing wrong all of this time, you know, and how his behavior has, has affected her. I did think that that was really cool. You just made me think about, and what Gerard has been saying, it it really would have made the movie a lot stronger if if 22 was like a black if the voice cast was a black woman we wouldn't have known because it wouldn't have been uh i mean we would have <laughs> known like in reality yeah. but like the race wouldn't have been anything but it would have it would have had greater meaning if 22 was a black woman and the girl who he was teaching who was super in love with jazz was a black woman and he could see the connection between the like you know, there's like something there of like him being a teacher and like him actually being able to go like, I have to give encouragement to people who are, you know, looking at something because if I tell them they're not worthy, they're going to, because we talk about this a lot, right? How like so many black kids are like discouraged from pursuing their dreams or, and it's, and the discouragement comes in the for in like this misinterpretation of like encouragement because people are like, no, 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 I'm trying to tell them to be realistic so that they can 
you know, do something that will get them a, a good paying job, you know, but, but it's like, you're, it's actually inhibiting them because you're like telling them like, no, like, no, you shouldn't be doing that. You can't be doing that, you know, or like you, you need to be better or whatever it is. And it can get stuck and these people can get stuck and they can get lost. You, know, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't thought about fully, but like, I do think there were, there were a lot more opportunities that this movie had that it probably didn't take. Um, but there was also like so much happening, like the, the idea of a soul, you know, uh, even the idea that like there are human beings, like the guy who was like spinning, like that was his meditation was just like he gets he can get in the zone just doing the spinning of the sign. Like it's funny, but it's all it's kind of deep. Like there's like part of me that's like, wow, like it, it's trying to tell you, like, you don't have to be a great shaman to like be connected to the spiritual world you can just be giving everything you got to what you what you do and what you love and that in and of itself is enough honestly that stuff is beautiful and i think again for me that that's that's the conflict like I, like more hopeful if it was a black woman but i do think just like the staging of 22 kind of again affects joe in a way i did love seeing that that guy can get in his own from just like being a guy on the street waving a flag and I'm like, damn, are there that many of them in New York? I was like, that's so crazy. But I did love, okay, this is my thing. I knew there was going to have to be a rescue mission of 22 at some point. And this is the part where I am conflicted about. Because I think if it was a black woman, I still, it doesn't, it's 22. So I'm, a t- I'm taking race out of it. 22. It was something about this dude, I guess, finally understanding his spark in life. Right? Un- finally getting it from whatever reason, whether it was watching 22 or however he gets there. And then realizing oh, the spark may be helping people, or that's me, what I'm assuming it is. And he goes back to try to help 22 and is now ready to sacrifice his life so 22 can live. And it was just something about this dude finally understanding, I know the meaning of my life and what it is, and just instantly going back. It is the thing, the equivalent for me of when someone's in a movie, when someone's in the car, they push somebody and stand there. But in the other movies, the person will dive and, and like get the person out the car with them as well and not just die. It's like, I was like, bro, you don't have, literally, I, for me, it felt like he lost his agency once he discovered it. And if it wasn't for the Jerry's at the end being like, hey, we decided we want to send you back. He would have just been this dead. Was my thing. He would have just been this a was dead my thing. I wanted him to die. Bray said something earlier mm. that I think that the movie shies away from by bringing him back to life, which is he learns that he felt like if he died today, his life would have been meaningless. But actually, he had lived a full life. He was just living for this specific thing Uh, that he thought was was it, right? Um, But but he actually had lived a full life in all of these other ways. And I thought it was beautiful that he led... 22 down this is this is of course later but that he leads to 22 down and then and then goes back so that he can then go to the great beyond i thought that it was a a complete cop-out to put him back on earth after this after this movie that Mm. we just watched which was like (laughs) he was fully living for this thing that 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 was you know making his life about something that it didn't need to be because he had he had a family that loved him he had he had students who he had, who he had, uh, he, he had friends. He had, he, friends. he had all of these things that he was a big, a big part of, and he got to experience. Yes, he died uh, uh, tragically. He died tragically. He died young. He didn't die naturally, right? Yes, that's true. But to put him back on Earth was, I was like, 
I thought that that was a a, a cop out, and, and and it would have been it would have been better. And I think and I think kids uh, are would have been ready for um, him him le- letting twenty two go and and him then and then him dying. You know, I just think that that kids would have been ready and, for that. And it's yeah. No, I I think that's true. Actually, I didn't even think about it. Like I, I like I was happy just like, like oh he get oh he get he does get to live like just just because like I like the character mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like feels like a happy ending. But I actually think you're right, James. Like it would have been more meaningful if they were like offered it and he was like no, because mm-hmm. he could have yeah. even said it then. He could have been like no, I actually lived a life because that that's that's why I do think it's different. Like it wasn't that like he sacrificed his life for twenty two. It was that he didn't he already lived like like he maybe he didn't get to live the full like we would like everyone to live until they're you know 90 100 whatever but like he did get to live a life and 22 never got to never got to live a life it was it was so it's like the new generation kind of thing like we need to let the new generation live their lives like and go you know they they take over or whatever um i also think like you saying that i was like it would have been nice if we had seen or if he had seen somehow a quick reflection of how like we got a little bit with the um with the dude who was in the band uh, uh yeah. who like got him the shot where the guy was like dude like yeah. you changed my life like you like you as a teacher like changed my life like but that was the only time we, i it would have been nice if like the mom was like actually like the way that you do your passion whatever like it encourages me like or or even like the friend like the woman that he kisses is like you know i always like seeing you is like one of the brightest spots of my day like whatever or like the little girl who he's teaching being like thank you so much like again he was robbed of that moment with because 22 got to have that moment which i really which now that Gerard like brought that up i really don't like because it's like it would have been nice he that would have been great learning moment for for him, for him to to realize, like, he's doing such a great job, like, his purpose is more than just, you know, getting to... Because if you think about it, like, even as artists, right, like, this is so personal, but it's like, we do, we want to, we all, like, we want to succeed, we want to be able to, like, do great things, it, like, you know, whether it be in movies or on Broadway, or, like, write a television show, or write a book, or whatever, like, we want our art to be... A, appreciated and seen we want to be able to have opportunities we want to make money off of it just so that we can live but like we all like so many of us have like these aspirations and we hear it all the time but it feels like kind of fake but like you know there will be times people will be like hey anytime you get to act anytime you get to write like like that's it that's the thing the thing is the like the joy is the thing that you're doing it's not necessarily whatever level of success that you achieve like that's other people you know and it's it's true that success allows you to do more so it's not uh like we 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 can't deny the reality of that but you can all sit back and go you know yeah maybe you know i'm never going to be a famous actor or comedian but like all of those shows that i did like that was worth it. Like somebody came to the audience that night and laughed and like, and it really brightened their day. And like, maybe it didn't have this huge profound effect, but maybe it did, you know, like, like there's like all that's like, there was, that's the stuff that I was getting from it where I was like, when he was like, no, I'm not, 
I'm not going to let 22 sacrifice their life for me. Like I got to live a life 22. You go experience what life it's like. It's such a precious thing. And, and it would have, it actually would have given him more agency if he had, if he had rejected the, the Jerry's being like, you can have this life. And he's like, no, I don't, yeah. I don't need it. I, it, I died. Like it feels <laughs> my like life that's is over the and, actual message of the you know? movie. And I, I thought that that was what was yeah. going to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> I really thought. Mm. And it gives kids a like thing too, of like death is not necessarily, it's like death is sad and we can mourn it, but it's not, it, it happens. It's a part of life. And like the people who have lived got to, got to experience it. And mm-hmm. so it's not just this sad thing. Like, you know, like there's celebration of the person's life and what they got to live and all the th- moment, all the people that they touched and all the things that they did that, you know, changed us. And we get to take that with us, like our memories, all that stuff. Like there's, there's a lot of deeper stuff for kids in accepting death, you know, <laughs> it's deep, but it's real. No, that's real. I mean, look, man. Yeah, right. Like, look, I'm gonna be real, okay? This movie uh, could have had a squirrel. In it, all right. What are you saying? <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me that out. That is not okay? what I thought you were gonna say. No, no, no. It could have. It could have. Okay. It could have had a squirrel in it because, you know, when Joe gets back down to earth, like we don't know, you know, what level. Of bodies people get sent to, you know what I'm saying? Because technically, mm-hmm. 22 been around for like thousands yeah, no, of years. She's so she can't a full be like adult. a baby. Like that's weird as hell. <laughs> so she, she got to be, she got to be a full adult. So you know what I mean? And she know where he lives, you know. So there would have been something being like, oh, Joe walked out this door like happy tomorrow, and it would have been just <laughs> no. 22 sitting over that Joe. Like you know, what I'm saying on the co- like she been walking up like clearly looking for him, and they make eye contact, and they both go like, they smile, and then. It, Cameras, cameras cut off. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's a Pixar movie, oh God, so you can't why? go too far. But it's like love has went beyond. You, you only of, get you know away with life. this because 22 has been around. She's the 22nd soul, so she's been around for. <laughs> you only get get away with this because she's been around for centuries. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying it could literally like if he he they they've had a moment. They've had a whole life together. If 22 would have just been sitting there with the cat. Oh, she's that like, woman. Okay. Hey, a realize. cute little wave. No, no, no. I'm going to say she has to be that woman, but didn't the no, cat no, run away from that lady at the end? She or found did the her. woman? Yeah. Oh. Well, maybe she had another cat or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't the know. cat found her. I know. You guys, I, you know, it, that's cool that it, that it could have had a swirl, but like, but like, is Hancock a good movie? Huh? I thought you stopped is doing Hancock, that. What? What are we doing? Is Hancock a good movie? Hmm? Why what? did you bring hmm? this into 2021? There's so many other movies. Why did you bring this, this into a, the news? This isn't a big, you, man. You, why, I'm why? not doing a You could have said this Green Book a good movie. I just want to know a question. Because, like, is it good? Is it? No, James, you said this for good? years now. Is like, it it's, good? It's been years is that we said that movie's bad. Good? I'm disappointed. Right, that was it. I just did it because I John, said that you, on this episode. Stop this. Uh, maybe I do bits now. So I just did all of my old bits. Um, uh, that's it for the year. <laughs> I'm going to go back to no bits on the next episode. So, you know. It's time for the cause. We rate and review films not based on how much we liked it, but whether or not it helped the cause of more leading black actors in Hollywood. If it fully helped the cause, we give it a black fist. Ooh. If it somewhat helps the cause, we give it a white palm. Ah. And if it doesn't help the cause at all, 
We don't give it anything. Wah, wah. So, on the count of three, we're going to raise our ratings for this movie. Soul. Three, two, one. Two Damn fists it. and a wow. palm. Damn it. Well, this is how you feel it. about it. It's all right. I was conflicted. You know what you were conflicted. doing. I was hoping somebody else did this a palm. This is what I got to say. I, I, I have to say this. Been, we didn't talk about it, but Kemp Powers is the first African-American co-director in Pixar history. It's the same dude who wrote One Night in Miami. Um, he's having yeah, a great he year. Did. And I, you know, all, all the black uh, voice talent aside, I just want to talk about him. That's an ama- amazing accomplishment. He also apparently uh, wrote for Star Trek Discovery. Um, and so, and this is my introduction to him, though. I haven't seen any of that stuff. The reason I gave it a palm, just, just to get the palm out the way, is I 100% agree with both of you guys. John, like, I do think this movie's deep. I think it's beautiful. I think visually speaking, it is great. But story-wise, like, I do have a problem with the character of 22. I have even more so the problem with that character knowing that it's a white person. Even um, Mr. Powers being a part of the movie, I read the reviews, sorry, the interviews of him talking about his involvement. A lot of the movie was done before he came in. And I, and something even about that bothers me, where it's like, um, the main director is still listed, and then you will see some places will like, yeah. like have added um, Mr. Powers up. But if you go on Wikipedia... He's one of three writers... And then are they also, are those writers also the directors as well? No, it's only one director. Just one director. Um, so it's two directors and three writers. Inside out. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. what it feels like. It, he, he's credited with the story too, though. How, how? So basically the, the director came up with the story. So, so the thing that it feels weird, like I'm very happy he's involved, okay. but it feels weird. The director came up with, um, the white dude came up with the story. It was supposed to be about like actors or somebody else. They made it about jazz. They started making the movie. They made the movie about a black, they changed it to be about a black person. It was not a black person, but because it was jazz, black people's connection to jazz made it about jazz, which 100% respect. They started making this movie, realized there was a lot of nuances they didn't understand. And they hired Mr. Powers, who is a black man who's done these things. And I'd love that they did that. But it almost feels like twofold. It's like, you made this movie, it felt like you got put in a hole and you needed somebody black to help you get out. But also it could be the more glass half full is that. that that's probably true. But but glass <laughs> half full, it could be you made this movie and you wanted to make sure it had authenticity that you did not relate yeah. to. So I'm going with that. I'm going yeah, with like and- we hired this black dude to help because you wanted to make it authentic. Yeah. I would rather people correct mistakes with the right actions than never owning up to it and not doing anything. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, we can both go, okay, they didn't think about having a black person until like there was black people in and they're like, oh, I guess we need a black person. Cause like, that's what the times are telling us. And it's like, it's sad that that has to, it has to be that way, but at least yeah, they knew enough to go. We should have, if we're going to do this, we need to have yes. a black person. So it's like, it is that incremental progress yeah. that, like, you know, Obama always talks about. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> again, I'm happy first... he was there. So for me, it's like, no reason I gave it a palm is because I personally couldn't take out the racial component of it. But also because they purposely made it black and they wanted to add, they wanted to make it authentic, like Braylock said. I think that was a better way to put it. Make it authentic and have this person have, like, kind of certain black experiences. I do think if you're going to do that, then you also need to be aware of having a white woman as that voice because you are aware that this black person needs to go to a black barbershop, need like is a jazz is a part of black culture. So you're aware of certain aspects of black culture, but either ignore or didn't know. Like I know the director said he didn't know about the trope of black people being turned into things in these animated movies. He didn't know. I, 
I'm conflicted. So I gave it a palm. I gave it a palm for the conflictedness I feel for the movie. But it's you know, please watch it. It's a black Felicia Rashad. Anyway, we have so many black vo- actors in the in this cast, which is which is nice and um, and it's just good for kids to see. Like it, <laughs> like honestly, just it, it's it it feels small. Um, but it's just always good for kids to just have more and more representation put in front of them at a young age where it's normalized and not tokenized. Um, and, and see black people just like being people. And yes, like a lot, half of this movies with souls and he's, his voice is in a cat or whatever, but also some of that stuff is so deep that kids aren't thinking about it on that level. They're still seeing a black person person like a black body they're seeing you know what i mean like so there's stuff about that that's just that's just nice and and it's nice to have like a black man at the center of such a like really nice deep spiritual conversation that isn't just about race or i mean in this case isn't really about race at all but um i don't know there's there's something nice to that of like we can be in movies that have deeper meaning that that doesn't have to be only about race relations in America, you mm-hmm. know, or the or the world at large. That's why I gave it a fist. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow us at Blackman Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Blackmanpodcast.com is our website uh, where you'll find links to merchandise. We got t-shirts and pillows and iPhone cases and things like mm-hmm. that. Uh, we also have a defunct patreon that you could throw five dollars at listen to all of the episodes it's about a year's worth of episodes on there and then when it's over when you're finished you know Come listen to you this. can unsubscribe <laughs> that's that's cool <laughs> or you could just like give us a dollar you know you won't listen to the episodes but you're like hey i just want to feel like i'm supporting uh yeah, black artists we hey we're black chaos. artists <laughs> <laughs> so why not? Uh, if you rate and review us on iTunes give us five stars we'll read your review uh, on the air wait you guys didn't read this one that says this is too long You're, you probably won't read this but I'm gonna <laughs> say it anyways that. I don't think we read it <laughs> alright it's very long here we go this is Johnny Dragon 88 you thought we weren't gonna read it but we will not a lot of podcasts like this I must say as a brother who can't relate to much of this I feel like I'm learning things. What a brother? Okay, anyway. Many things about the greater world around me and within all of us in the race. <laughs> like the more afraid of a black cop than a white cop or the only black person in the theater while watching a black movie or the classic relating blank to how it affects your careers as actors. Usually it's John. Usually it's John is the logic. James is the comic relief and Gerard is the heart and passion. <laughs> but all three are multifaceted enough to switch it. Switch into uh, the who, other who along with many this? other roles. Comic relief. Is this a, <laughs> <laughs> so deep? All right. Because of that, I trust these guys and guests and the guests that they pick. That trust was put to the mm. test today when I listened to the Trigger Warning Green Book episode. I actually used to like the movie. Felt very complicated and even a little bad when people started saying it was problematic around the movement. Says something uh, that so few said until then. Didn't understand why and didn't want to face why then manned up and listened to you guys on it and now I can see the problems and that I was possibly sheltered. So, you guys are changing hearts and minds. Changing the world, even making it a better place? Question mark? Oh, wow. Maybe that's too big for one person to decide, but it's sure got me seeing and noticing things more. Like, you ever notice how mo- most of, if not all, the brothers on Brooklyn Nine-Nine are either cops or criminals? Not anything in between? Those observations I probably wouldn't make uh, some of some of them without this. I do wish they would review Tragedy Girls one day, but I know they'll eventually get to it. 
Last thing, I love hearing a fellow Black comic book nerd out here. As the white women say, I feel seen. <laughs> Keep up the good work. <laughs> uh, all right. I guess we will see you guys next week. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. Pew, pew, pew.